I'm having a goddamn blast on tour with this Big Mouth and a Small Town tour. So I've added some dates and wanted to let you know where I'm headed next. Uh, yeah, March 14th, I will be in Lakeside, Arizona. And then the 15th and 16th, I'm finally coming to Tucson. So if you're in Tucson, I'm coming to Laughs Comedy Cafe. Get your tickets. We're going to have a good time. My good friend Noah Koffer will be featuring at those shows. He'll also be with me the following weekend when I come to Grand Rapids, Michigan. Dr. Grins, I cannot wait to see you guys again. Those are always some of my favorite shows, and I'm sure this year will be no exception. And then I am headed up to my home state of Alaska for the Alaska Before You Die Fest. Anchorage, you better not fucking sit on these tickets. They're going fast. There's a few left. Uh, April 5th, I will be doing shows at the Gumbo House. It's downtown. I'm doing an early and a late show, one night only. It's an intimate venue, so tickets are limited. It's going to be out of control. If you've come to my show at Coots before, you know how fun they are. This venue is so much better for comedy. I can't even explain it. Just get fucking tickets. These shows are going to be wild. And then on the 6th, I'm headed down to Homer. Homer, Alaska. I am coming, performing there for the first time. Alice's Champagne Palace. And then on the 7th, I will be in Seward, Alaska. So Anchorage, Homer, Seward. We're having a goddamn good time. I'm going to come kill at all those shows because I'm a fucking Alaskan assassin. Am I sorry I said that? I don't know. Listen. Dayton, Kentucky, 12th of April. If you are in the Cincinnati-ish area, Dayton, Ohio, Dayton, Kentucky, this is your chance to see me at a really cool new venue called the Commonwealth Sanctuary. And then I am headed to Portland, May 3rd. I'm headlining the Rip City Comedy Festival. I will be at McMenamin's Mission Theater. You guys, this is a cool theater. We want it to be packed out because, of course I want it to be packed out, but also like, Let's have a goddamn good time in this nice, beautiful theater. So come to that. It's going to be a hell of a time. I can't wait to come back to Portland. And then Wisconsin. I'm headed back your way. But this time I'm coming to Janesville, May 17th and 18th. Green Bay on the 19th. And then what up, Florida? St. Pete, Tampa. I'm coming your way. Uh, Tampa, I will be there June 2nd. And St. Pete, um, they're ahead of that, uh, May 31st. Tampa, I'm at Side Splitters. And if you go to the links in all of my bios or go to their website to get tickets, for a limited time, you can use the code JMS and get $5 off tickets. And wherever you are, I'm trying to get people to buy tickets early instead of waiting to the last minute and making me panic so that if it is going to sell out, it sells out faster so that I know that, the club knows that, maybe we can add a second show. Just FYI, that helps every artist that you're a fan of. So if you can ever buy ASAP, go ahead and do that. Uh, So that's your incentive to buy early in Tampa. And uh, uh, I'll be adding more dates soon. If you did not hear your town, but you want me to come there, head over to my Instagram, instagram.com slash jmscomedy or just at jmscomedy if you're using the app like most of us. Uh, click the link in my bio, join my email list. That lets me know where you guys are so I know what areas want to come see me. Uh, so do that. I can't wait to get to more cities. I'm having so much fucking fun on the road. You guys have been amazing. People have been buying merch. These audiences have been out of control, good, just electric, laughing, having a blast. And I know all these upcoming shows are going to be no exception. So I will see you there jmscomedy.com slash shows to get your tickets. Tell your friends. Tell your enemies. We're going to have a fucking good time either way. So thanks for listening to this little promo. Enjoy this episode. Ta-ta, idiots. 
What you just said is one of the most insanely idiotic things I have ever heard. What kind of ignorant shit is that? At no point in your rambling, incoherent response were you even close to anything that could be considered a rational thought. You idiot, you fool! Hey, dummy! This is the Ignorance is Blessed podcast. Everyone in this room is now dumber for having listened to it. Welcome back to Ignorance is Blessed, the podcast that attempts to overcome ignorance, mostly by asking ignorant questions. With me, Jessica Michelle Singleton, JMS if you're, whatever, why do I keep saying that? I just call me whatever you're going to call me. I'm a comedian and I don't know a fucking thing about anything. That's why we're here. If you're new to the podcast, first of all, welcome. Thank you to everyone who's been joining. I see us growing. I know you're out there listening. Thank you, thank you, thank you. If you have not already, please hit that subscribe button. Leave a rating and a review on iTunes. Allegedly, it helps with, you know, making the podcast pop up more. I don't know if that's true, but I know that I like reading your reviews. So if you could do that, that's like the smallest way you could support beyond just listening. And I have to say, I would be so, 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 so grateful. And thank you to everyone who has already done that. I... I love you. Speaking of people I love, shout out to my best idiots forever, Jean and Kathy, top tier patrons on my Patreon. You know I'm going to tell you about Patreon, and you know why I'm going to tell you about Patreon? Because you're not on Patreon. If you were, you wouldn't have to listen to this because you get unedited. No intro, no outro, no ad episodes. So what are you doing? You would get the full length version of this. We have some extra time on this episode that you guys miss if you're not a patron. So go over to patreon.com slash ignorance is blessed, all one word, no hashtags, uh, and, and subscribe. I do full length episodes. You can be part of the live stream when I record the episodes so you can ask questions in real time and lots of other stuff, bonus content, stand up clips, hangouts, postcards, you name it. And it might be there. But uh, either way, it's uh, it's a way to support the podcast, to support me as an artist, which I have always been so appreciative of. But in a time when my main form of art is not that possible everywhere and my uh, joy and happiness of doing stand-up comedy has not been you know, a lucrative source of income, every little bit counts. And when I say little bit, you can subscribe for a dollar and get a lot of stuff. And I am so thankful for all of those individual dollar patrons. So please don't think that that's silly. And also if you've been thinking about joining, but you're like, oh, would it be weird to like come to a hangout or be in the live stream? If I, I know, you know, JMS, but I don't know, know her and I don't know the patrons. It's not weird at all. Literally everyone has come to it as their own rogue idiot. And now we've formed a cool little community and we'd love to have you. And if you absolutely would love to support the podcast, but you can't afford to join patreon there's another way to get involved there's a facebook group ignorance is hashtag blessed idiots uh join make sure you mention the podcast when you get prompted for a question because otherwise i'll think you're a spammer uh, and i'm a paranoid crazy person uh, you can join there i post for guests about guests ahead of time i jesus um it's very early right now i post about guests ahead of time so i give the opportunity for questions and i really do try to include every question that that people ask so Uh, Thank you to those of you who post your questions because it it helps me formulate some stuff that maybe I would have missed. But you can get involved there and there's funny memes. It's a safe space for unsafe ideas. So if you're like, hey, here's the thought I have and I know that like 
technically people will say it's bad, but can, can I learn why? Can we talk about it? Can I talk about why I don't think that this is right or wrong? So come on over. It's a, it's a discussion room and we would love to have you. <sighs> what else do I have to tell you? Neurogum, you know, I'm going to do it. Get neuro.com slash JMS. You can get 15% off your first order. And I see you guys making those orders. So thank you because I get a tiny little nugget of that. They give me a little tiny thanks for telling people about us uh, cut. And because of that, I get to see that you're ordering it. So, you know, that the pennies don't add up to a ton of money, you know, but it is cool seeing that you guys are taking my recommendation because I really do love this stuff. And I have loved hearing from those of you who have reached out and said that you like it. So try it out. I should have some after this recording. I should have had some before, but it doesn't matter. That's neither here nor there. It is, of course, caffeinated gum with L-theanine and B vitamins. So it gives you energy, but it's focused. You don't have the crash. There's no jitters. It, it gives you sort of like this concentrated, like if you've ever, I mean, for me being with ADHD, uh, subscribe to Adderall. It is kind of that feel, but without the, you know, dry mouth, headaches, thinking everyone's an idiot because they can't get to the fucking point and, you know, starting on something and being like, I guess I'm doing this for the next 45 minutes. Um, well, that part, I don't know. It's very good at helping you focus. And it didn't, and I'll say this also, sometimes there's this thing uh, people report as a side effect of medications or substances that help you focus where they're more focused, but they're not as creative. And I don't feel like that is the case with Neurogum, in, in my opinion. So there's something if you're trying to focus on a creative project. There you go. All right. Before we get to the guest, this is exciting. I actually do have a couple shows coming up. Finally, I'm getting off my ass. Also, I'll be doing some online shows. Keep your eyes peeled on my social media at JMS Comedy. Those, that's where I'll post you know, Zoom spots. Uh, and I'm doing a lot of those, mostly to dust off my jokes and get ready for a fucking huge show, March 26th. You guys... I'm doing the Comedy Store Drive-In Series prevented, prevented, presented by Puffco. It's at the Rose Bowl. Like the Rose Bowl in Pasadena, the stadium. I'm doing it. And I am by far the least known comedian on the lineup. Uh, it's, I mean, giants. So you can head to my website jmscomedy.com if you want to check out tickets for that it's a driving show it's pretty expensive but you get a couple people in your car you split it up it's not that bad and I'm telling you it's fucking killers on the show I am so excited and also fucking nervous because I haven't been on stage much in the last few months at all I'm saying much I haven't been on an actual stage and done live shows because I haven't been doing live shows I've been staying inside because I've been like keep it safe I'm paranoid um and I'm starting to branch out to the safe ones but also, the one time I did a drive-in show, I fucking hated it. But I wasn't going to say no to this. Are you fucking kidding me? This is crazy. Anyway, very excited. Um, and also, if you're in more northern California, at the end of April, April 23rd and 24th, I'm coming to Sacramento. Laughs Unlimited. I'll be there. One show each night. It's outdoors, socially distanced. So tickets should be up on their website soon. But grab them because obviously with it being outdoors and, and spaced, Seating is very limited and uh, you want to make sure you get your seat because it's definitely not the size of the club. And I, I know those clubs, that club like fills up when I do it. So I don't know, just, just keep an eye out. I'll also have tickling on my website as soon as it's available. 
So right now, still just California, but the fact that I'm getting back into shows and going outdoors is big for me. I've been I've been hiding out. I've been playing it extra, extra safe. And so now I'm looking into where are the other safe rooms? How can I start getting back on the road? I've been in touch with a couple other clubs in different cities that uh, some of you I'm sure have seen me at. So hopefully this is a sign of what's to come. Now, I have rambled on for far too long. Let's get to our guest. You guys, this episode, I'm so excited. This is fucking cool. I have a rabbi on. Uh, not just a rabbi, it's a female rabbi. And uh, when I interviewed her, I say when I interviewed her, I, I think she's still pregnant, but like she was like very pregnant. So she might be like on the cusp of popping by the time you listen to this. Rabbi Janine Jankovitz, holy shit. She came on, she talked to me about like Judaism in general, but like the, the sort of sect that she, she, uh, identifies with. But more importantly, we got into Passover. It's kind of that time of the year. So I wanted to talk to someone about Passover. I have my friend Joe Welker coming on who's studying at the Harvard School of Divinity to be a Presbyterian minister, and he's going to talk to me about Easter. But uh, this was cool. And we, we recorded it right before Purim, so there's a little bit of uh, chat on the holiday of Purim and what that means. So anyway, I have rambled on for far too long. You guys are going to love this guest. She's just so rad. Uh, so, you know, enjoy it. And Hit me up on social media. Let me know what you thought. No further ado. Please enjoy Rabbi Jankovitz. Hey, idiots. Welcome to another amazing episode of Ignorance is Blessed. I am, oh my God, I'm so excited for this episode. You guys, first of all, let me introduce our guest. Rabbi Jankovitz, Janine, just, just you, welcome. Thank you for joining me. Thank you. I'm so excited to be with you. This is my first podcast. Oh my God, you guys. We're, this is her podcast uh, virginity we're taking right now. This is, uh, this is a big deal. Oh my God. Well, I promise it'll be easy and painless. Why did I get creepy about it? You're a rabbi. Please, God, forgive me. Uh, uh, well, well, thank you for, for joining me. I know that, you know, I'm sure you have a lot going on as a rabbi, as a soon to be mom congratulations yeah, thank you so much is thank this you. your your first kid our first kid yeah <gasps> oh my yeah. god there's gonna be yeah. a baby we're expecting a girl uh <gasps> in in anywhere in between four to six weeks depending on what she decides her mood yeah yeah <laughs> she's a, an earlier later arriver yeah yes yes I, I wonder now if I'm like, I wonder if that ends up being telling about someone's time habits. Like, yeah, if people who stay in late are like chronically late. Um, well, Casey thanks. Musgraves have a, a song about that. Really? What song is it? Uh, it's uh, she she says in the first line that um, that the only time she uh, something like the only time she was early was when she was born and then always late for the rest oh my of her God. life. I love that. Dude, Casey Musgraves is the best. She is. I'm she's a phenomenal songwriter. Uh well, I guess we'll just kind of like jump into it. So you're a rabbi, as I said, obviously a female. I feel like I want to jump into that a little bit because for everyone listening, I yeah, I will have put like a big intro on the front of the podcast where I go, here's what we talked about. And what I want to learn about mostly is Passover, but you know, for everyone who, you know, 
maybe doesn't have a died. I've never met a Jewish person or like v- rabbis. I thought they were men. I want to touch yeah. on all of that. So, well, first of all, this is what this is. I'm going to, I'm just going to say this in the dumb way. What kind of Jewish are you? Like it's orthodox. <laughs> like there's so many different, I have, I have a lot of Jewish friends and I know there's like reform and all these things, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. but it's sect probably would have been, I don't know what, what the proper way to ask that question is. But. Sure. No, that's, that's uh, a, a great kind of, a great way to start. Um, yeah. What, what kind of Jewish are you? <laughs> that's pretty good. Um, uh, so I, um, I was ordained in the, uh, the reconstructionist rabbinical college, uh, so through the Reconstructionist movement, um, which is a small, very liberal uh, uh, college, well, it's it's a seminary, uh, so it's post college um, in out, right outside of Philadelphia. Oh wow! And it's a smaller movement um, where we are known as. Uh, how do I? I have a friend who says. We're the gay Hogwarts because <gasps> you're we are... speaking to me <laughs> just really quick over here is for my other podcast. It's oh, literally Harry Potter. <laughs> like gay Hogwarts. I'm converting. Right. Exactly. Come on over. Um, <laughs> but the, the, I should explain also that it's because it's, it's housed in this old mansion. It's like set off into the woods. Oh so it's actually a really charming, pretty campus. Um, oh, I love that. And, and we're just, you know, we're 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 a very liberal, left leaning uh seminary. Um okay. so it's lovingly uh called the the gay Hogwarts and in, in all the ways that we celebrate that identity. I love that. So with re- reconstructionist, is that sort of is that where like a majority of like female maybe like rabbis go to that kind of that direction? So that's a great question. So um, the reform movement is one of the largest Jewish movements in the country. Um, okay. And they have, I don't know what the percentages are made up of, but they, they, they do, uh, I almost said churn out. They do ordain <laughs> female. They keep, keep them they coming. They keep doing it. They keep doing it. And they, they've got the congregations to support it too. It's a um, machine. I love yeah, exactly, <laughs> exactly. So um, they uh, they they have a lot of women rabbis as well, um, and uh, the Reconstructionist movement um, is is always always uh, I I know has always been on the forefront of socially progressive issues, and so. Um, you know, they, they have been known for ordaining women, for ordaining trans rabbis. Wow. Um, and, uh, you know, every everyone um, in between. So it's been a controversial place for, for many, for many uh, more traditional Jews. I was um, just going to ask. But has really moved the... Uh, has really moved Judaism, especially American Judaism, along on a path that I would say is 
is ultimately more inclusive, more progressive. Um, and I've been proud to be a part of that. Now, I didn't grow up Reconstructionist. I was going to um, ask. Y- yeah. I um, So I have a really uh, – I, I grew up attending a reform congregation outside okay. of Philadelphia, um, a very large – it was a pretty large reform congregation. My father was Orthodox growing up. Wow. And um, so we had a mix of his rules about what it meant to live a Jewish life and to be a Jewish person. And uh, my mother was raised secular, um, but she was raised in Brooklyn. And so to her, you know, no one's going to tell my mother that she's not Jewish because she oozes it, you know? She's just like, (laughs) yeah, she is. My right. boyfriend's parents are Brooklyn Jews, and it's like right. it is. It's a yeah. whole category. Yeah, it's a type that that's like its own thing. It's like right. Oh, exactly. you're, a, you're Brooklyn is the type of Jewish who. Uh, that's exactly right. So <laughs> that's and I honestly I think my mother would say if you asked her what type of Jewish are you, she'd say Brooklyn. <laughs> I love that. It makes so much sense. <laughs> wow. So, so it was like somewhere in between because I'm sure his were. I don't want to say strict because I don't know enough to say that, but a little more traditional. No, I could, yeah, I think you could say that. That makes sense. Yeah. Okay. Um, yeah. And uh, when they decided to join the congregation um, that I grew up in, uh, one of the reasons was that the rabbi, who's a close mentor of mine now um, and has been for a long time, he he was more traditional in some aspects, which made my dad comfortable. And then the services had more English, which made my mom comfortable. And so it was okay. a good compromise that uh, to, jo- to join there, yeah. Oh, wow. That's awesome. And at the time, I mean, I, have there always been female rabbis? Is this a new thing? It, it's, uh, it's, I mean, in the, the scope of Jewish history, it is brand new um in wow. many ways uh i mean there are interesting books and stories about women who probably were like rabbis but they didn't get to be ago. called a rabbi right it's exactly like they did like all the work but it's like but you're a lady so you're just <laughs> you a still have Jewish a vagina woman. yeah right exactly <laughs> i i was wondering how many times i'd use the word vagina today and i think that was two so far never enough in my opinion never enough right so <laughs> There are, uh, but, but, um, I always forget, I think it was the reform movement that, that, that ordained its first official female rabbi. Wow. And yeah, was that like, is it, is that still considered controversial to some people? Like, is it really, it it, it depends on where you live and what kind of Judaism you've been exposed to. Okay. Um, there are people who, who I've come across in my life um, and, and, and also in the very short amount of time that I've been a rabbi who have expressed interest in me being a rabbi, but have ultimately come to the conclusion that they're not interested in a female rabbi. <gasps> like, like, that's cool that you do that. Like, I don't want my rabbi to be a woman. Exactly. Like, good for you. Exactly. Like, I'm glad you're out there 
you're not my rabbi. Yeah, that's great. I'm going to go talk to the rabbi with the penis. Yes, exactly. I just feel like... He has a beard, and I feel like he's closer to Moses <laughs> than you are. I mean, he looks more like Moses. Right, so exactly. how could he not be? Wow, that's so interesting. Is that... Have you ever faced, like, that? I mean, that's... Obviously, that's, to, to me, like, sexism. But have you ever faced... Right like aggressive, like negative sexism. And because that to me feels like could be conditioning. I don't want to say it's not negative, but someone going, ah, it's more like still, a microaggression. Yeah. Yeah. Like a microaggression, but someone who's just like, oh my God, no, ew, what? You're a woman. You shouldn't be a rabbi. Yeah. I'm trying, you know, in college, it felt if in college, it felt like that, that there were some guys who, because I, I was very interested in, living Jewishly because I took it very seriously. And then what ends up happening is that you meet a lot of more observant Jewish people. Yeah, you would like, yeah, you end up in right. those groups of people who are also doing the same thing. Right. And, and they, they are going to, and, and, and in college, you know, at the Hillel, it was very much like, I was just going to say, it was like, you go to Hillel. <laughs> right. Exactly. Yeah. And it was horrible because the, the guys there would use like all kinds of come, you know, um, comebacks and they would they would show off their their knowledge of of torah text and talmud by saying you know well you can't be a rabbi because you know the torah says you don't put a stumbling block in front of a blind man and blah 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 and they would you know they would like show off their their knowledge and it was really painful that's um, upsetting yes Oh my God, yes. you don't put a stumbling block in front of a blind man. It's like, are you aware that you're the stumbling block is, sir? Like you are being my stumbling block. Why are you like, what are you doing? Yeah. Wow. That's upsetting. T talking about college a little, just for the idea of like, how does one become a rabbi? Did you, yeah. did you, I mean, it sounds like you knew in college, that's the direction you wanted to go. Yeah. I figured it out in high school. Okay, I was just going to ask, did you always know? What, was there a moment? Was it What was it that made you realize that's kind of the direction you wanted to go? I think there were many moments um, that led to, oh, this is, this is a job where you can really make a difference and also can combine so many of your favorite things to do. Um, and I remember just, I had, a, I had a lot of respect for the rabbi I grew up with. I do still have a lot of respect for the rabbi I grew up with. And watching him work and the way that people respected him um, and they wanted his opinion um, and that he made he made things happen. You know, he, he, he brought change and he, he um, you know, when he would speak, people wanted to hear what he had to say on a topic. And to me, that was, that was uh, such an honor. Yeah. I mean, oh yeah. To be the person that people go to. I mean, what an honor for like, for advising on, I mean, because it's not just my understanding. I could be wrong, but like with, with, with rabbis, it seems even more like culturally like this than I grew up Catholic where people would come to you for religious stuff. But I feel like I also hear of people, I'll ask my rabbi for like life advice. Yeah. Yeah. Then, and that's a really special place to be if people feel comfortable and safe coming to you um to talk about those kinds of of needs that they might have um it's a little hard when your rabbi's you know 40 years younger than the average uh yeah they, not for, they're like asking someone who you're like 
I, I could understand that from the perspective of like picturing an older rabbi and then you just ageism assume there's more wisdom there because he's got a white beard and you're like, I don't right. know, he probably knows things. Right. <laughs> I've had uh, in my, my, this is my first pulpit, my first congregation, and I've had a few, t- a few times, but, but not crazy amount, but a few times where they've said, you're just so young. And I, and I, and I say to them, like, I know it's not my fault. Yeah. Right. Like, like <laughs> there's nothing I can do about that. It's terrible. I know. Right. Ugh. Exactly. And I said, like the, the last rabbi you had at one point, he was too young. Yeah. It's that's you know? how they, that's how we all start. That's how it happens. That. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. He wasn't always that old. If you can believe it, it's hard to believe. <laughs> that's so interesting. Um, did you know as a, like as a, little girl going to services did you know that did you already know that being a rabbi was an option for women or i i did i was lucky okay. that i i went to a congregation where they hired two female assist associate rabbis okay um so i saw pretty early on a a, a female in that role in that role oh that's amazing and is that sort of how it works usually is like with a congregation there will be like sort of the lead rabbi or are there like a few how does that it depends on the size so like where i grew up uh congregation bethor is a large congregation they still now have uh the 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 main rabbi the head rabbi which is was is rabbi greg marks who's my mentor and i love um and also i just I'm very lucky that a friend of mine who I graduated, or I, he graduated a few years uh, before me, um, but went through the reconstructions from Binnacle College. He is the associate rabbi there, Rabbi Jason Bonder. Oh, wow. So, and then like in my congregation that I work for, I am the only full-time employee. Oh, wow. It's a smaller, it's a smaller synagogue. Um, okay. So we have a cantor. And we have an ed director, but they're both part-time. Okay. So you're the one full-time one. Is this like, uh, do you get stationed somewhere? Is that how it works? As a rabbi, do they like go like, we need one here. You got to move there. <laughs> oh, that's a pretty common question. Um, no. So okay. uh, you you apply for jobs. Um, okay. You hope for the best. Absolutely. And, uh, and um yeah, we, do, we don't have placement the same way that um, – and in, in, I don't know if all uh, – probably not all Christian. I think Catholicism does it. I think, like, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. priests just get, like – it's like the military for religious right. figures. They're just like, you're being shipped out to Italy. It's the big right. one. <laughs> That's the big one? <laughs> yeah. Is there – I mean, I, I like, my instinct is to go, like, Israel. But, like, is there, like, a – there's not, like, a pope rabbi, right? Like, a – uh, so there, no, the so head, no, head, head rabbi of all the right, rabbis. Right. Exactly. There's, there's no Pope rabbi walking around <laughs> for sure. Um, there Stupid are head rabbis of, <laughs> there are rabbis who like, uh, in, um, in, in, in the UK, they have a head rabbi, a chief rabbi. Okay. Um, who's, you know, like the, I don't know all the intricate He's just like the point person of like, yeah, oh, you're coming to the UK. Rabbi. He's the one yeah. that knows all the things. Right. It doesn't mean I would ever get to sit down with him. Yeah. You know, like, it's not like I have access to him at all. But uh, no. right, like he's a, he's like 
a really important authority figure. Is he like um, a celebrity in the Jewish community? That position, or among yeah, other rabbis, yeah, I at think least. So I think okay. so. Um, so the the jo- uh, Rabbi Jonathan Zacks uh, recently died. He he was a f- an amazing scholar and uh, rabbi. He was the chief rabbi um, in of Britain, and um, wow. Yeah, so he he you know talking talk. If you got an audience with him, that was like a that's a big deal. That's a big deal. Like yeah. this is a guy you want to hear from, you want to learn from. Like oh yeah, definitely. like knows his stuff. Wow, definitely. That is so fascinating. Yeah. Uh, with college, so heading into college, knowing you're going to be a rabbi, what is there something specific for going? Well, first of all, is applying to a seminary school is that like grad school? Like, do you have to apply and show here's why I would be a good candidate? Yes. Yes. So, um, um, I I exactly like that. Yeah. Is there something other? Sorry, go ahead. I was just saying you have to have the four years of undergraduate. Okay. Um, Do you need specific degrees or specific studies? Are those encouraged? Well, I believe at the time when I was in college, it was advised you know, to take Hebrew so that you could be, you know, uh, uh, aware of how to read and write Hebrew. Yeah. Um, but I, I, I think especially, I, I know specifically for the reconstructionist movement, what they require. Um, and for them, they wanted to see, uh, engagement in the Jewish community and, and Jewish education, um, more so than what you necessarily studied. So okay, so could, being involved, right? Exactly. If you could illustrate that you believe in working with the Jewish community or doing some kind of community work, okay, uh, then 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 they took you more seriously than somebody who maybe was Jewish studies for four years, but but didn't you know, get involved. Yeah, didn't. Yeah, exactly. Didn't really move outside of that bubble. That's interesting. So like that. I mean, like when you say getting in the community, like. Halal or maybe like some type of Jewish community services and stuff. Yeah, exactly. Somebody who's invested. Now that's the reconstructionist. That's the, the, the reconstructionist rabbinical colleges. I don't know what for other schools. Yeah. For like what an, like an Orthodox or something could be completely different or maybe they want more of the studies and the. Right. Exactly. They might want your, your GRE to reflect. I, I don't know. I don't know. That's, I mean, oh, that's so interesting. You're, so you had to take the GRE. Yes. So I had a conversation with the rabbi of admissions back in 2012. And I said, okay, so I have to take the GREs. And she was like, just take them because we have to say that we accept them. So yeah. I didn't study for them, but oh, so she's man. like, we just want to know that you t- took them, right? Like it's right. like checking a box. That's so right. Funny. So I didn't study for it, and you know, it's like kind of embarrassing to send <laughs> <laughs> test scores. You're like, for- oh, I wasn't taking math classes the whole time. I forgot math, and there right. was math here or whatever. Right, <laughs> right, exactly. I I like went I went there, and I was like laughing at myself because I was taking this test that I was like so unprepared for because. She told me it didn't matter. And she was right. It didn't and matter. Like, for- uh, I hope she wasn't over exaggerating how little it matters because this is not going to be good if they're like, oh, it doesn't like 
When I said it doesn't matter. Like, I meant at least you should get this kind of score. The bare minimum. We didn't, know you'd, show up, right? we didn't <laughs> know you'd show up like that. That's so funny. Oh, my gosh. Ah, um, Being, okay. I'm, I'm having like 88 million thoughts of like the things I want to ask you. Now being pregnant and like almost to the end of your term, are you planning to like take off time as a rabbi? So I'm, I'm lucky that I have a full-time job and that they offer me maternal leave. (gasps) Hello. Yes. Um, definitely, uh, fought for, fought for a little bit more than at first they were going to give. Um, good for you. Oh, thank you. And you're like, this is the reconstructionist. We need, <laughs> I need five years of pain. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. You you want a strong Jewish future? You yeah. need to let us have some more babies. Yeah, I, I need to, <laughs> a strong foundation for my children. This is, this is all of our future, really. Exactly. <laughs> I have said to them on occasion, uh, you know, we, we talk about, the numbers of the religious school and, you know, wanting to bring in more families. And I'm like, there's only one person on this call who is actively trying to bring that number up right now. <laughs> You're like, I'm doing what is necessary. Right, exactly. For, are there ever, are there ever rabbis with babies? Like th- this might be like, and no, that's obnoxious, but like that are sort of doing, do, do rabbis ever do services with like their baby in a pouch? Oh, I love. Or is that. it like just, just take care of your baby and someone will fill in? I I love that. I you know I have thought about what it's going to be like when wow. we're at synagogue, and she's God willing, she's you know able to move around on her own, and she might run up on the bima, which is the <laughs> structure where the rabbi stands and does prayers, and and what will happen, um, and hopefully you know I know my congregation well enough that they'll find it charming and not, and not like, dis- you know, upsetting or distracting. This kid is ruining my services. Right. We want yeah. children to be involved, but not, not, not but up not, there. Like in theory, I don't want to see them. <laughs> right. uh, yeah. Right. All the, like, they should be quiet. People who are like, mm, yeah. See, not heard. Not appropriate. That's so funny. Uh, I don't know that it's like, uh, obviously you're pregnant of a family. So like, it's not weird for rabbis to have families. Has it always been because I I grew up like lazy Catholic, but it's like priests don't marry. They don't have families. Right. Has it is it a standard across the board that like rabbis get married and have families? Uh, I would say it, I mean, it's not or are are able to without it being like a right. Every uh, rabbi since the since I, I don't know when, but rabbis have always been considered like teachers Okay. Um, so, and one of the most important Jewish values is family. And so rabbis were, uh, just the same as other Jewish just people. Just encouraged who, to like live your full life and. Yeah. To live your life and have, have, have a spouse. And of course this is like hetero normative expectations yeah. placed yeah, on Yeah, of course them. for so, so many years. Like, yeah. And I'm sure right. even in certain, you know, branches right. or whatever. Um, I know that it's hard for single rabbis because there is such an emphasis on the rabbi being married and having children that it can be really hard on 
rabbis and rabbinical students who don't. Oh, wow. So it's it's not even just that, like, it's allowed. It's, like, encouraged. It's yes to be sort yes. of the full picture. It sort of makes sense, though, that, like, if you're this person people are seeking wisdom from, you should have the full spectrum of experience. Yes. And, then... and they're a little suspicious, unfortunately, of people who don't. Um, yeah, that they're like, of... what's going yeah. on? Yeah. It's like, it's, it's, yeah, it's, it's, um, yeah, it's, it's unfortunate because it's just a different type of expectation, different type of stereotype. Wow. Well, let me ask you this, like, you know, you're, you have a husband now. Um, I do. But. And I like that you use the word now. Yeah. It's like, <laughs> at some point, probably you didn't. Well, that's what I was going to ask is. Oh, I was thinking more like in the future. That's just being funny. Yeah, it's like, dudes, except there will be a husband. Uh, <laughs> the when did you meet your husband? I guess is like how far into I'm. What I'm wondering is, was you wanting to be a rabbi? You being on this path of like I'm going to become a rabbi. Did that make dating hard? Was that intimidating yes. to men? It definitely made dating hard, and I would say that's because I. I I needed to meet a strong person like my husband. Yeah. Because it was never ever an issue for him. I he he was immediately and 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 I, because of the uh trajectory of our relationship, it was serious very early on because Yeah, cuz you're like I'm going to be I'm going to be a rabbi. I yeah. can't just be out here having flings. So what's going on? Right. <laughs> wow. Right, exactly. And he was like, yeah, great. When I met my husband, I had already sent in the paperwork to go to rabbinical school. Wow. So I was already, I was living in New Orleans. <gasps> Ooh. Is that where you went to college? No. Uh, I went to, I actually went to college in Philly. Oh, uh, okay. Temple, nice. Temple University. And, um, uh, I I lived in New Orleans and I met my husband and I realized oh no I really like him and um, and oh, he wow. really liked me I think it's I can say and um, <laughs> it seems like it's going well <laughs> I think it's going well enough that I can say he liked me and um, <laughs> and I told him very early I was like listen I. I applied for rabbinical school in Philadelphia, and if I get in, I'm going to be moving. And after 20, I think it was like 24 hours, we got back together in person, and we were like, well, we should just still date because we like each other. Yeah. And then that turned into a, oh, well, maybe we'll make it work long distance. And then a week later, it was, you know what, maybe I'm just going to go with you. Oh, my God. And then... And then it turned it right. It like it like and he just like moved into, there as well. He just like, he did. He oh did. Oh my god, that's beautiful. Yeah, uh, I love that. I love that. Yeah, because that was my question. Just as a comedian, and I'm a clown, but it was it's, and I have a boyfriend who the same. It's like they have to be very secure in their all their own yes. stuff. Because yes. and then you're you're in this position where it's like. You're starting to become a rabbi, and that's this very like wise figure. You know, this person who people are gonna view as a, you know a source of knowledge and right there's some men who couldn't handle that shit there are unfortunately a lot of men who cannot handle that 
No, it's because really, it's sad. It's, it's the way sad. we raise boys. It really is. And that's what I want to say is like people get like angry at men for it. But there's a part of the, you know, I have sympathy for the fact that like men are taught. Oh, well, you have to be the smart one and the funny one. Otherwise, you're right. worthless. What are you bringing to this relationship? Right. So they get fucked up about it. Right. Pardon my right. language. Um, anyway, we're going to take a quick break. And when we come back, I'm going to ask you, we're just going to dive in all, all about Passover. Okay. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code CHAMPION and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Remember to use code CHAMPION and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet, place your money line, prop, or parlay bets with the king of sportsbooks today. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotion, promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C., If you're a woman over 40 dealing with hot flashes, insomnia, brain fog, moodiness, or weight gain, you don't have to accept it as just another part of aging. The experts at Midi Health know all these symptoms can be connected to the hormonal changes of menopause. And Midi can help with safe, effective, FDA-approved solutions covered by insurance. 91% of Midi patients get relief from symptoms within just two months. Book your virtual visit today at joinmidi.com. You guys, we're back and on the break. Um, <laughs> Rabbi Jacobitz was ta- telling me about uh, how at the end of this she has to go to a Hamantash and baking class. So Online. Online, of course. Safety first. Safe. Hamantaschen. Okay, is that the little triangle with a uh, filling inside? Okay, I heard, and forgive me because I heard this from a comedian's act. I heard was that it from my cousin? Who's? Oh no, no. I was like, who's your cousin? Oh, Jackie, the one Jackie Gold. No, actually, although I've heard things from her act, which I don't know if you'd want to hear. Uh, no, she's so funny. Uh, I think it was a comedian named Drew Michael, although I could be mistaken. So sorry, whoever this is. But are they? Are they? I he said that they're supposed to be shaped like someone's hat, like a hat. Uh huh. Uh huh. What? Okay. What is hamantasha? Let's just talk about it. And then okay. We'll dive into Passover. So they're delicious little cookies that are shaped in, as triangles, and yes. inside you put jam or. Uh, Nutella, which is the one we're gonna be, what we're gonna be oh, using. Oh, yum! Um, I've had one before at a friend with, uh, with friends. Yeah, but it was not Nutella, and now I am upset. Oh, she- <laughs> if I lived in California, I'd bring you some. Oh my god! As gosh. if California is a small state. It's just the um, tiny state I'd be of able California. To find We'd be you. neighbors. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, uh, right. So they are confusingly called Haman's hats. Um, in Israel, they're known as Haman's ears, but it turns out <laughs> that exactly, uh, and Haman was the bad guy in the story of Purim. Uh, okay, it, but it it really turns out that they are uh, there's a great deal of scholarly 
and archaeological evidence that they're actually fertility cakes <gasps> that were baked in the shape of vulvas. Whoa. Yeah. And was that supposed to like symbolize something? It was supposed to bring about fertility or what? What's I, the deal I, with that? Yeah, I, it's believed that they were a part of the deity worship, and um, it and it and these were Israelites. Uh, so that um, you know, when people talk about Judaism as a monolith and and what the Israelites were like two thousand years ago, um, it's impossible to say what they were like because they're like us today, where there are families who never, you know, never eat kosher, but they would, you know, they eat whatever they want, but then on Passover, they never have bread. You know yeah, what I mean? They like, get like just, super strict all of a sudden. It's like, right, yeah. exactly, exactly. So there's evidence that there was this fertility worship that, and so I was talking about that with the congregation last night. We had a adults only R rated Purim event. Oh my God, that's so, <laughs> and it, Purim is, is Purim a holiday? Did that just happen? Uh, it's coming up. It's this Thursday night. Uh, happy Purim. It's a, if, is that, oh, does that you. make happy, sense? Do you say happy yeah. Purim? Okay. Yeah. It's a, it is. Yes, you definitely say happy Purim. Um, it's a <laughs> joyful holiday. And, um, and Judaism doesn't always have joyful holidays, but it is a joyful holiday. Well, let's talk and, about that a little. Like, what is, what is yeah. it celebrating? What does it signify? So, uh, Purim is the story of a, uh, <laughs> This is going to be so hard for you to to believe, I'm sure. Uh, A king who has, we say, no sechel. He has no wisdom. Um, What? A leader with no wisdom? Where where on earth could we find one of those? Right. Exactly. So he's kind of this, like, bumbling idiot. Um, Okay. And he's a womanizer. And it starts with, uh, he, you know, he, he tells his... His wife, the queen, to come and dance for the men at his party wearing her crown. And it's assumed that that means only her crown. And she refuses. Um, Her name is Vashti. And she says no. And so she's banished because the king says to his advisors, you know, I'm mad she didn't come. And the advisors literally say in the story, if you let her get away with this, our wives are going to think that they can say no to us as well. <gasps> oh, <laughs> so, they so get rid of mad. Her. They get rid of her. And then it transitions into a story about Esther, who is the, the Jewish little girl, Jewish hero, uh, and how she goes to the, the beauty pageant for the king to pick his next queen. So, you know, it's, 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 it's just very gross. like classic, like all right, line him up. Right, Who's exactly. Next, I'm a king. It's also, right, exactly. It's also like interesting because didn't Trump have like Miss literally a beauty pageant? No, it's so yeah, funny like, the what? parallels that you're like. In case, let's just put it. It's on the nose that it's like right, wait, it's a bumbling really idiot nose. who was like a creep to women. Yeah, yeah, literally like line them up. Let me take a look. Yes. Yes. Oh my god. And and during Purim we put on skits. Um, and so during the years of that horrible presidency, it was like, is like too easy. It's like, obviously, this That's is the, so funny. This is like, I mean, we all see what's going on here. Right. It's... We all see that, that first of all, we're not making it up. It's in the text. Oh, my God. I love and... that you put on skits. That's so fun. 
Yes, they're called Purim spiels. And, <laughs> and, and that's where the spiel, you've heard this term spiel. The term spiel, that's where it comes from? Yeah. I don't know if it's like. Or it's just kind of like, that's the thing. It's connected to it. I don't know if it's from that. That's a good question. Huh. Well, that's still But it's like, a Yiddish word. Wow, that's so much more fun than anything I ever did in my Catholic CCD. <laughs> we did do the reenactment of Jesus carrying the cross once. And I, I, and I hear that's a big one. Well, yeah, no, it's apparently a big deal. That's also when you were talking about Hamantaschen being uh, like about fertility. I was just picturing like Mary being like, no, I didn't. I didn't sleep with Joseph. I ate a bunch of Hamantaschen. And now <laughs> I guess I'm what's she's blaming the cookies. Exactly. She's like, I don't know. Oh. It, it was a good batch. <laughs> yes. Like they just and now it worked. I it's a miracle. <laughs> but don't we, fact check me. Yeah, no, it's that's all real. Nobody look into it. Uh, <laughs> we had to do a reenactment of Jesus carrying the cross, like, on his back. And the teacher was like, does anyone want to be Jesus? And I was like, I want to be Jesus. That's yeah, Jesus. I want to be Jesus, too. Yeah, yeah, but then she's like, all right, now everyone else, curse at her, spit at her, throw things. And I was like, <laughs> like these are all teenage kids taking it, like, super seriously because – I guess that's what people were doing to Jesus at the time. But I was like, I feel like we don't need to, you could have told us this story. You don't need me to be yeah. spit on by my beers. I was like, you know, what kind of Catholic I, guilt? I don't want to, I don't want to get real rabbi on you, but it's really interesting. <laughs> you look terrified. No, it's I mean, really, it, lay into me. It's really interesting that that was the experience. And then you became a stand-up comic. I mean, yeah, that is just one little notch in the in the belt full of notches for me. But like that was also like now I'm repeating that story and going, oh, yeah, I get why I kind of like stopped going to Catholic church. Like I was like, yeah, I'm, I I'm good. Yeah, <laughs> just that was gonna, enough humiliation. For... Yeah, like I'm going to just go forget about God for a few years and then figure it out. Yeah. Without the this doesn't feel like my structure here, but good good day, good luck. Um, that's it's just so so interesting. Um, oh, I guess transitioning from my horrible story, but like uh, Purim into speaking of holidays, Passover. By the time this is released, will be coming up in a couple weeks. We'll probably put this out in early March. Um, what? I always knew growing up and I still know now because I still have like my parents are still, you know, Catholics. So it's very lazy. I get an Easter basket from them. <laughs> my mom will like that's send me some sweet. internet thing. And that's my, I know the like consumer holiday better than anything I know about. Yeah. And I'm like, I don't know, like Jesus came back or something. I don't, I don't know. It's, it's a thing. But I don't know what Passover is other than it was always I it's always around the same time. So Right. What it what is Passover about? So I'll start by saying that Passover is my favorite holiday. It's oh, my yay. favorite Jewish holiday. Perfect. Yes. <laughs> and um so I was really excited you wanted to talk about it. Um the reason is because uh Passover is so the story of Passover is so central to Judaism. Wow. Because it's the story of how the Israelites, it, it's our, it's our, uh, origin. It's our narrative of, this is your of like how superhero the, origin story for, yeah. I mean, just like that, that 
we were slaves. Um, and, and, uh, you know, and then Moses is, uh, the leader and he's, he's, uh, he doesn't want to be, you know, he's, uh, best kind of leader, by the way. Exactly. Right. I think, I think that's how politicians should be elected is like, no, but you, you, you are the best choice. (laughs) Right. We need someone competent who really doesn't want to do it because they're, they're like, too humble like there's so much pressure Ah, it's like a whole thing right you should ask my brother yeah (laughs) it's pretty much what moses says to god in the conversation (laughs) when god's like why god says i'm sending you to be the the leader of the the, of the israelites to free them from from bondage and moses pretty much says like i don't think that's a great idea He's like, I don't know if I'm going to do a good job. Exactly. And God is like, are you kidding me? I made you. I made everything. What I say goes. And 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 then God as a reconciliation is like, fine, you can take Aaron with you, your brother. Because Moses says, I stutter. How, you know, how am I going to know Moses stuttered? Mm hmm. Mm-hmm. Wow, what an inspirational story for kids with stutters that really gets I left know, out. I know, Joe Biden. Oh, oh my God. <laughs> now, I'm not saying Joe Biden is Moses. I can only imagine that soundbite coming out. What I'm saying <laughs> <laughs> is that also Joe Biden had a stutter. <laughs> yeah, and like what a great story to point to for anyone who struggles yeah. with that. I, d- I had never heard that about Moses. Yeah, yeah. So he, he, God's like, all right, I'll let you bring someone so you feel a little bit better about it. Fine, like, right. Fine. Aaron will talk for you is pretty much <laughs> wow. how God's like, go, it's time. Wow. Um, and so it's just, it's a fantastic, I mean, it's, it's such a moving story that it's been an inspiration for so many religions and, and, yeah. uh, and, 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 in oppressed and enslaved persons. Um, and Moses is a really big deal in Judaism, yeah. especially in, in the rabbi's world. So uh, a whole holiday celebrating uh, the story is uh, a lot of fun. And then, um, and then you get to celebrate it at home, mostly. You have the big meal, the Seder, um, you know, and if you're lucky enough that you've got warm connections with your family, you know, like we did, we, we would go to my grandparents' home in Brooklyn and, um, we were lucky because, you know, we had, it was, a, uh, lots of, my grandmother would make a lot of food. My grandfather would leave the Seder and we were young enough that when we were finished, we could leave and go in the other room and play and play so yeah was, and then we come back for dessert so it was like just like a really warm loving it's like a nice family holiday celebration right exactly exactly oh wow i love that and what are like because it's like a there's a whole week right is that a thing right, or is so it, passover what are the, yeah, is ahead, right so passover uh so judaism uh the 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 holidays in Judaism begin in the evening. So that's why Shabbat begins Friday evening right. and ends Saturday evening. Oh, okay. And that's that's because in the Torah, in, in in the Bible, in Genesis it says there was evening and there was morning one day. 
And so because of that, you start in the evening. Right. The rabbis say, okay, that's how we count time. That's how we count a day. And for people listening who maybe are not familiar, uh, Shabbat, is that's kind of like the standard weekly like day of service. Rest. Rest. Yes, okay. the day of rest. rest. Right, Perfect. exactly. You go to you can go to I keep saying shul, that's the Yiddish word for synagogue. Okay. You go to synagogue, you you eat a big meal, you you know, you do all the things that uh that uh, to celebrate that day. Okay. So, Passover starts at sundown and there's one seder and then the following evening, the second Seder. Um, wow. If you're uh, less traditional, some people will only do one Seder. Okay. I grew up in a house where we did two Seders. Um, and I still do. Um, and, uh, it, and Passover is this holiday that is connected to the story of Moses and the Israelites, but it's also a holiday connected to spring. And yes. so it's a, it's a, it's a, uh, uh, agricultural holiday. It's one of the three agricultural holidays in Judaism where people were expected to bring uh, um, their 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 crops um, to the temple as a sacrifice in Jerusalem. Oh wow! Like so, people would bring bring crops. Like, and was that yeah? So like, wow. It, uh, they well, on Passover they would sacrifice the Paschal lamb. <gasps> R.I.P. Lamb. <laughs> yeah i know wow so and that was just like part of and, and that that was that was the 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 seder the the big meal that you would have Th- was, they would eat the lamb they would eat the lamb okay um and then when the temple was destroyed the rabbis created the seder which is what jews do at home now um and it's it's uh it's in place of that sacrifice Wow. Okay. So it's like, it's, it's, I don't want to say, when you say in place of, it's sort of like in lieu of actually sacrificing a lamb, we are like, as a ceremonial thing, we're doing the Seder, we're having this big gathering. Right. Do you, is there a traditional, do people eat lamb? Is there a traditional food, you know, with like Thanksgiving, people do turkey, not to be like for Jewish Thanksgiving, which is Passover. That's not a thing, but like. Is there a is it a standard? Is there a typical meal? Yeah, so grow, so I don't eat meat anymore. But growing up, we ate uh, brisket. That was very oh, popular. Yum. Um, that was so good. Yeah, I was like, what? Your your Brooklyn Jewish mother had right. brisket? Yeah, I'm here right, for it. Right, exactly. Brisket. <laughs> uh, also, side note: the worst thing I ever did to my parents is became a vegetarian. It's became a veg. I was just gonna say, ooh, that's. They no. still talk about it, and it's been since 2011, and actually 2011, not like that time earlier when, when you were, were talking, like like I... 2011 or something. That's... Yeah, like really 2011. Wow, a decade, and they're just like this phase. <laughs> yeah, you used to eat the chicken in my chicken soup. You remember? And I'm like, yes, I remember. Oh, no, that they're just taking it so personally. <laughs> it's it's very like, is personal. it is it because of my brisket? Well, you don't right not good exactly. enough for you. <laughs> I didn't hold you enough. <laughs> Was what was the reason? Was it uh, health, environment, just a random choice, just out of curiosity? Uh, I adopted. I'm looking over to my left because the dog is squinched up in a little Ooh. ball. Uh, I adopted my first dog, and I began having a difficult time seeing the difference between him and like and meat on the a plate, meat. and it started to really freak me out. 
Um, So I gave veganism a try for a few years. Godspeed. um, Which actually made it easier, I think, for my parents to accept vegetarianism. Because it was like, okay, at least she'll still have, yeah. She'll have my, my dairy. My still calls it vegan. He doesn't call it vegan. He calls it vegan, which <laughs> sounds like a, a, an insult, like a slur. So he would it like does. tell people like, she's a vegan. She's one of those vegans. And you're like, she's oh, a vegan. <laughs> <laughs> That's, wow. What a funny, you just go to the extreme. And then when you pull back, people are more yeah. okay with it. Yeah. Wow. I think you're going to regret having this conversation with me and not my parents. Because I think my parents <laughs> would have made a fantastic episode. <laughs> that's so funny i know i just lo- i love i love that i love hearing like w- w- animal love is so hearing that like that's yeah. why is like warms my yeah. heart um i haven't made the step but i've had the thought of well if my animal's like so cute what am i eating but i haven't fully uh it's a hard step i well, I you know i just suppress the thought and take yeah. a bite of my sandwich and I'm like I'm gonna be okay but I totally understand <laughs> where it comes from uh oh speaking of eat, eating and we we're talking about Passover what are the only like rule I don't know if it's a rule tradition is like no unleavened bread definitely the rule what it why what's up with that okay great so it's to honor the story that the Israelites had to leave in such a hurry from Egypt that they were unable to wait for their bread to rise. Mm. So they took the bread as it was. Yeah. And it's something like that. It was like they carried it on their, their, their back. I don't know how that happened. Just like uh, packs of bread on their back. (laughs) Right. I don't know if that is actually, if that's just something I made up in my head. Um, <laughs> that's just like for dramatic effect. Somebody said that. Right. Exactly. Like, we've just gone carrying their matzo on their back of their yeah. head. Yeah. <laughs> uh, back of their, their back. The, oh God. They're just okay. dragging around giant bags of matzo. Exactly. So the sun hardened it and it didn't have time to rise. And so we, we remembered their flight by, uh, recreating that bread. And what's really interesting too, is that when the rabbis wrote and created the Seder, they had matzah that was probably more like pita bread because they talk about rolling the matzah wow. into a um, into a type of sandwich where you put uh, bitter herbs to remember slavery by. And um, and people will say, like, why? How, you can't roll, roll matzah. Yeah, it's just like crunch, 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 crunch. <laughs> it's just crumble, crumble, crumble. Um <laughs> So they might have been eating something a lot tastier than matzah. Um, mm-hmm. But matzah is, is is explained as the bread of our oppression. Wow! So eating it is like a way to like don't forget the the struggle. Yeah. That and our the fear to go of through. running away. Right. I and mean, so I feel a little guilty because I enjoy like I I do enjoy the first thing of matzah with like some because I'm Jewish margarine on it. You know. Well, I mean, of course, you like find ways to make it better. And then it is like this tradition that like comes every year. So it's just like, oh, the first sheet is great. And then how how many days is it, by the way? It is. It's eight days. (sighs) Yeah, I'm sure that quickly gets like 
right not and fun. you can always tell the gentile of the group because like if you're in a in a like in an office or something uh i have tried to like i remember last year uh i had said in uh my 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 um my neighborhood's free free app or you know free Facebook a little like free app. thing where you can like pick right. stuff up and give stuff away that type of thing I, I said like i've got three boxes of unopened matzah would anyone like them thinking like there's no way and somebody said like i love matzah and i was like that's not a jew um, <laughs> nobody right. says I love matzah. Right, that's... right. Nobody comes running in to get, especially at the end of the holiday. <laughs> I mean, that's so that's so funny. Also, now I'm thinking about like, because I love matzah ball soup. Is that even matzah? Is that just bread in a soup? Like, how is that? No, matzah? no, no. It is. It's matzah meal. Okay. So it's the the it's it's like um, if instead of using cake meal for certain things, you would use matzah meal to make it. Um, oh wow! Instead of flour. For making dumplings, you would make it with matzo meal. That's so funny. I just, yeah, I'm just picturing an office where there's just one non-Jewish person who comes in with a baguette, and everyone's like, "Exactly, you? Like, who are you? Get out of here!" Uh, that's. I mean, if then the seders are only two days. Okay. Then you observe the not eating of bread. Um, for the full during the rest of that time yeah. and the satyrs are those at the beginning is it like day one day two yes and yes indeed. is the unleavened bread starting there the whole like, time the whole time? yes yes wow are there other other things you do in the tradition or is that the main observation is the no uh, um bread? before you well be, be so before you um start celebrating Passover, you're supposed to completely rid your home of any leavened bread. Wow. And so um, families will, very observant families will go through the entire house and it's like, it's like spring cleaning. Like, um, I know you're hiding a loaf of bread in here. Like, exactly. And like going it, in their kids' rooms, like I know you have King's Hawaiian rolls under your bed. Exactly. And like, <laughs> vacuuming the couch because you've eaten just don't even want know, a crumb like that's like you can't even right have exactly it. and wow. then and my grandfather used to do this um and i uh have i never did it growing up but my grandfather would do this where you collect the breadcrumbs that uh some of the breadcrumbs that are left and then you do like a ceremonial burning of them you collect them um it's really neat it's a uh, wow. you do it at you do it at night and you or at least like you do it by candlelight. You search by candlelight and you collect the dust or not the dust, the uh, breadcrumbs, and then you burn them. And then you say a couple of prayers and your house is ready for Passover. Oh my God. Your house smells like a loaf of bread and you're like, time to not eat bread. Everyone has <laughs> burned all the crumbs. I mean, if the stories couldn't inspire, like couldn't make you feel the suffering enough for me, I I'd make it two days without bread. And I'd be like, I get it. We are yeah. oppressed. And I'm feeling it. Like Yeah. And your 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 digestive system feels it too. Yeah. Does it like I mean not to get crass. All that matzah, Does your no, all that body go like what really, the hell? It, yeah, it blocks you up. <laughs> like I'm gonna make a matzo ball poop. I'm sorry. I didn't need to make that pun. It was there. It was waiting. It was so easy. It was too easy. Um <laughs> Wow. And then at the end of the eight day eight, seven, eight week. 
Seven days. Uh, right. So, so seven days if you're reform or you live in Israel. Eight days if you are not one of those two things. Okay. Um, is there like a celebratory breaking of the fast? Do you guys do anything or yeah. is it just like we're done? Yeah, well, usually for families, they'll, uh, you know, they'll, they'll order, like, pizza or, you know, they'll have, like, a big carbo load. They're just, like, all um, the bread. Give me every piece of yes, bread you can find. exactly. As if, like, like, as if just because, like, it's only been eight days, but we, like, lose our minds. As if it's been 40 days, 40 years. 40, <laughs> right, like, exactly. Like, uh, we suffered. I, we, it's so terrible. I mean, I kind of like that, though. I, I feel like... I can see how something like that is helpful. Any type of tradition that does like fasting, it's like a helpful reminder of like, yeah, you know, what people went through. Cause you know, we as a society now it are, you know, in America at least relatively spoiled in terms of, you know, what we have yeah. access to and how we can get our needs met. So yeah. that's. And it's really only been, especially for our generation, this past year where we've experienced see going to the store and not seeing all the things that we would normally see and want available Which to is us. Crazy. I know I, what I, I mean, I hope no one was wiping with matzah. My God. Um, <laughs> uh, Godspeed. I mean, it's it would been not a, be efficient. No, it would be terrible and painful. Painful. Uh, we're going to wrap up here. And then if you are free for just like one or two more minutes, I would love to ask Absolutely. you a couple more questions. Um, where can people find more information on you? Or I know you have like a, a is it a blog? I don't know what to call it, like a WordPress where you. Uh, yeah. So I, uh, I am, you can follow me on Twitter. I'm not, uh, I, I should be more uh, prolific on there, but um, I'm not. I have a full-time job. <laughs> like I'm a working rabbi. Thank you. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Serving the so people. so you can follow me. I'm so trying, trying. <laughs> uh, you can follow me on Twitter at femrebbe. So F-E-M-M-E-R-E-B-B-E. Um, I also uh, am a writer and post whatever has been recently published onto my WordPress, um, which is uh, the femrebbe at thefemrebby.wordpress.com. Oh my God, awesome. Um, yeah. Um, well, thank you for joining us. Everyone who is not over on the Patreon, that is the full episode. Go check out Rabbi Jankovitz's everything. Follow her on Twitter. Follow, go, go look at her writings on her WordPress and uh, we will see you all next time. Thank you so much. Of course. All right, there you go. Rabbi Jankovitz, really fucking cool. Loved her. Go follow her for... Her rabbinical wisdom. Thank you so much to my friend Jackie Gold for actually setting that up for me. I was looking left and right for a rabbi and a priest. Uh, I couldn't get a Catholic priest, so I settled for a Presbyterian minister and Chris Hansen, who catches predators. So I feel like he's maybe priest adjacent. <sighs> Hello. Here go all the Catholics getting angry. Listen, don't get angry. Get something that rhymes with angry. Listen, if you like the podcast and you have not already, if you could hit that subscribe button, rate, review it on iTunes, share it with your friends because everybody's a little bit ignorant sometimes. Big, big thank you to John, Eric, Jean, Greg, Kathy, Terry, exclusive members of the League of Extraordinary Idiots on Patreon. You guys can be in that league. Support the podcast. Patreon.com slash ignorance is blessed. You can support for as little as $1 and you can join the league for a little bit more and we you get a little bit more and I think I think it's fun. 
Follow at Ignorance is Blessed on Instagram to see faces that go with the voices you hear uh, on this podcast. Other voices, again, can't help you. Uh, at Blessed Podcast on Twitter if you want to see episode drops there, if, if you're more of a Twitter person. And please keep in mind that no guest is or claims to be a representative for every person who has a similar identity. They're just one person sharing their own experience and ideas to help us get a peek at how things look from their situated position in the world. If you have additional questions for Janine or you want to, I'm sorry, Rabbi Jankovitz is the appropriate professional name. Um, or if you want to suggest a guest, if you're like, here's a topic I would like to hear some, you interview someone on, head over to the Facebook group. Ignorance is hashtag blessed idiots. Make sure you mention the podcast when you join. Otherwise, uh, you will look like a spammer and you will not be allowed in. But um, go there. Give suggestions. I post my guests early so you can ask questions. And please keep doing that. Keep asking questions because the more we ask, the more we learn, the more we know. And the more we know, the more we can look down on other people who are not as smart as we are. And that's the whole point of this podcast. (laughs) Thanks for listening. And thank you for being patient with my ignorance. See you soon, idiots. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code CHAMPION and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Remember to use code CHAMPION and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets If you don't win your first bet, place your money line, prop, or parlay bets with the king of sportsbooks today. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C. Brain fog, insomnia, moodiness, weight gain. Maybe you think they're just part of getting older, but Midi Health understands that for women over 40, they can all connect to menopause. It's at the root of dozens of symptoms we experience, not just hot flashes. Midi clinicians are menopause experts offering safe, effective, FDA-approved solutions covered by insurance. 91% of Midi patients get relief from symptoms within just two months. Book your virtual visit today at joinmidi.com.